This is the Family Culture Project, Episode 39, How to Connect with Your Children with guest Claire Hooper. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you to live a life of purpose with the ones you love. And become the family you are meant to be. Science has proven that feeling connected is a human need. Families with a high degree of connection are more engaged, more productive, and more rooted in their shared values. It's that secret ingredient that makes us feel like we're a part of something special. Today, we'll be talking about why connection is so important and the three ways that we can connect with our family members. I don't know about you, Carl, but I feel like connection is so important with our kids, especially as they get older. We have kids that are um, sort of in those preteen teen years, and I, I think what's helped us weather some of the ups and downs is connection. Despite how important connection is, it doesn't always come easy. So Carl, I'm curious, what do you think the biggest obstacle is in connecting with our kids? Time. So time, my time is um, different than your time, and I'm sure many people struggle with this, but I, I work pretty hard during the week, five days a week at least, sometimes on the weekend as well. But um, it's it's getting that consistent time and the consistency and the touch points on a regular basis, not just quality time on a weekend or quality time mm-hmm. for a few hours on a weekend. That's not enough. So creating that consistent um, way for in our family and with our children and with you, because I always get in trouble if I don't have consistent connection because connection once or twice a week gets me in trouble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's, and it gets me in trouble with you, but it also gets me in trouble in, in, in a different way with the kids because if I'm not connected with them, it's easy to lose that connection. Yeah. And I'm I think not, that their response to you is different when they haven't connected. I see a big difference in, in that as well. Yeah, I think a lot of parents struggle, including my own parents, struggled as much with this as my mom always had this concept of quality time, thinking that if you just have a really fun moment or two throughout the week or month, that that's enough. And the reality is, I think I've learned that that's not enough. Well, not only is time an issue from the standpoint of the fact that you work and you're working outside the home pretty consistent and sometimes long hours, but we then pile things on our schedule so on the off chance that you are coming home in the evenings we have to be in five different places with our three different kids and so I definitely see where time can be a huge obstacle um believe it or not I think that um electronic devices for me probably has been an obstacle in connecting with our kids meaning that Sometimes when I'm available, they're busy on their devices and they're content and they're, they're constantly engaged in things and I'm sort of, or, or it could be me, like I get too tied up and like keeping myself busy while I'm on my phone and I potentially miss opportunities to connect with them as well. Well, yeah, it's a poor excuse of connection, meaning that it's an easy out. It's a cop out, meaning that if no one's complaining, you almost think, okay, that's fine. Everybody's good. However, mm-hmm. you're not consistently creating those quality connections and it will hurt over time. Mm-hmm. So obviously we all have our moments when we need you know, everybody to just be happy on their own for a few moments. But mm-hmm. you can't use that as something that, uh, that, that replaces connection. Yeah. I think phones are one of the biggest detriments to 
connections. Mm. Um, I've read plenty of things about that, um, different studies as well. But it's one of the, the biggest challenges we as parents and we personally just face mm-hmm. that we didn't have to deal with when we grew up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a complacency that can set in when everybody's satisfied with their devices and when somebody's not like trying to get your attention or asking you for help or wanting you to engage with them. So what are some of the things you've done to overcome those obstacles to connection? Well, for me, one thing that I've consistently done over time with the kids is no matter what time I go to bed, mm-hmm. um, I kiss them goodnight. So whether they know that I'm there or I'm not there, there's that consistency. And even when I've been really late at night, I would get in bed and I would say, wait a second, I didn't kiss them. Now, thinking you could think to yourself, wow, okay. I could skip a night, mm-hmm. but it's, I would get back up even if I was cold or I was just tired. I'd get back up and kiss them and mm-hmm. say, I love them no matter what. And I, I do feel that the kids know that I do that. And the mm-hmm. same thing when I leave in the morning. So even though I'm late or I'm running late, I'll, I, I still, no matter how late I am, um, I'm still making that time to kiss them on the way out the door and tell mm-hmm. them they're awesome or tell them um, that I love them, even if they're only half awake. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one way to have a consistency that's simple mm-hmm. um, but then there's also the things that we've done in cultivating connections through games right one of our big things is games for our family and and we just talked about devices and putting the devices down and playing game there's no better connections that you can kind of create with different c- games whether it be a card game or a board mm-hmm. game or or um, just a game we make up outside or, or, you know, just a game in the backyard. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think one of the things that you do really well when it comes to connecting with the kids is that you'll take them on errands with you. And when you're going to get bagels on a Sunday morning or you're just running out to the store to, like, pick something up, you'll say, hey, who wants to come with me? And you'll get somebody in the car to, like, take the ride with you. And I think that's a, a brilliant way to um, just get in their presence and be one-on-one with them. Yeah, I actually really love those times. I'm glad you brought that one up because um, I feel like when one of them, I like it. I like to rotate, meaning that if I do these errands, I like to only bring one most of the time mm-hmm. because it's that one-on-one connection time with mm-hmm. each one individually. The thing that you have done with the kids and started with the kids, which I, I cheat on as much as I can, <laughs> um, is the lunches. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you've taken the kids consistently, given them a budget for lunch, making them have to figure out where to eat within that budget, but then taking them out of school is something, you know, for lunch is something that they really look forward to. And when daddy does work from home once in a while, a lot of times they ask, hey, dad, I have lunch money left. You want to mm-hmm. go with lunch with me? They'll ask me as well. But, um, you know, and I, and I do try to do other things maybe on the weekends with them, but it's not maybe as consistent as what you've mm-hmm. done. Yeah. I think you always have to keep your eyes open for opportunities of connection. This week's guest, Claire Hooper, is talking to me about what to do when we get that FaceTime with our kids. She's helping us go the extra level and talk about ways that we can make that time matter the most. Yeah, I really enjoyed this this week's episode um, with Claire. One of the things she mentioned on there is similar to what we were just talking about is um, these little times that we have independently with our children and these repeated connections, connection points. 
get you times during um, unexpected moments where they'll share something really deep with you and kind of a lot of times sacred. And if you ever think back sometimes, oh, wow, look what they're sharing to me and you ever get this like giddy feeling that, wow, they're sharing this with me. I can't believe they're sharing this with me because if I was a kid at the time, I would have never shared that with my parent. And you get, um, you get their openness and that came through our connections with them. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen randomly, right? But, it, but it's, it's still a giddy feeling of, wow, they're sharing that with me. They trust me enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and now what am to, I going to do with it? To share with me. Yeah. And what am I going to do with it? And how do I react and not overreact? And how do I handle it the right way so they consistently will feel comfortable doing that over time? So the things that Claire shares, I think, are really simple. And, I, you know, when you hear them, you're probably going to be like, yeah, yeah, I know that. But I want you guys to take a moment and really think about them and think about, am I doing them when I have opportunities to connect with my children? Because I think that um, in our day and age, we do a lot of multitasking. Like we talked about the devices, like oftentimes we're on our devices when we're talking to people. And we're not applying these simple principles that Claire talks about that really is the game changer when it comes to connection. what your loved ones really think of you a family retreat is a fun way to connect with one another and get honest feedback on how you are doing as a family our family retreat is one of the things that we look forward to each year be sure to type in the t-h-e familycultureproject.com forward slash shop to get your copy Today, I'm talking with Claire Hooper. Claire is passionate about seeing people helped, set free, and finding their purpose. She is a church planter and a church and charity social media consultant. She is the founder of Busy Doing Good, a monthly instazine for Christian families who are busy doing good. She is also a guest on The Mum Show. Claire is wife to Matt and mom to three awesome humans, Judah, Sam, and Gracie May. So I am so excited to have you on the podcast. I've been getting to know you on social media and um, watching your Instagram lives and Instagram stories. And it's just been a delight to learn from you about what you're up to, your family, your faith, and all of that, all that's been wrapped up. So um, welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Why don't you start us off by telling us a little bit about where you are right now in family life? Uh, well, in family life, I am, I've got three children. Uh, the oldest is nearly 19. I've got a real-life grown-up adult, um, which took me by surprise this time last year when he turned 18. But we've done all right. We've got a good relationship. And then Sam, um, we have a 17, nearly 17-year-old and a 12-year-old as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, so wow. three kids, married. In fact, it's my wedding anniversary tomorrow. So oh, we've been married 21 years tomorrow. Thank you. Oh, 21 amazing. years tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. childhood sweethearts and yeah family life's that stage it's 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 in that glorious you'll know with slightly older children where they um don't necessarily need you physically all they need is to drive around but they need you in that um to be there with them and I I've loved I love that phase I really enjoyed them being little but them being in this teen older um older ages but being glorious really yeah. enjoyed it yeah. yeah I bet we're having fun with it too I remember I, yeah. I I had, before I had kids, I had this perception that like, oh, when they're little, they need you so much. Yeah. And now I'm like, mm, they need me just as much. 
in just in different ways right yeah in different different ways ways. yeah it's true like you have to be ready i always find your you know that conversation that they want pops up at any time you have to be available don't you to have like the the late night conversation or you choose to drive them somewhere so you can be available if they want to download to you about something that's been going on in their world so they definitely need you but it's not as it's not in the same way as the daily grind you know Mm -hmm. you know the routine of life it's not quite the same so yeah i've really enjoyed this phase yeah. I found that the best times of connection are always when I'm least expecting them. Yeah. You know, and sometimes yeah. even I don't have time for them, but then I yeah. make time. I mean, it's hard to do oh, that. Of but. course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. don't you find yourself when those moments happen, you're like, oh, like you take a deep breath because you're so grateful that it's actually happened. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I, I have to catch myself sometimes just stay calm. Don't act weird. Don't, don't put the kids <laughs> off. Don't let them. <laughs> Don't let them catch wind of the fact that you are absolutely delighted right now that they need you. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so true. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, I try and keep it. Sh- mm, mm, how interesting inside I'm going, oh, thank you for talking to me and trusting me with this deepest information. <laughs> yeah, never say that to a teenager. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't want them here at like, for, I tend to want to like go and tell my spouse right away. So I'm like trying to play oh, it cool. Mm-hmm, and then like, mm-hmm. my friends, I need to make sure that they don't get wind that I've shared it with a friend or two. You know? Oh, 100%. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> But it's the best mum sharing information ever, isn't yeah. it? When you've had that moment of connection that was, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, it's, it's, it's because it's more, it's, it's, it's about the heart. It's about a mind mm-hmm. thing. It's, I love, I love those times. It's super yeah. special. Yeah. Mm. I have, um, I do moms in prayer once a week. So I have a group of moms oh. that I pray with on a regular basis for my kids. And boy, when something comes up and there's a connection and a conversation, I'm like, they're the first people I want to tell because mm, it's typically mm. associated with something we've already been praying for. We've already been talking about or mm. crying about. And yeah. then when there's that sort of like moment, I just want to be like, ah. yeah, I know. I'm sure I my kids are not listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> just don't let them know. Yeah. 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 I-, I love that you do that with those moms. Have you been doing that for a long time? Yeah. Me so I've been, yeah, I've been doing it since my oldest was four and she's mm. 15 now. amazing that must be a really good support and resource to you yes oh it's been amazing um yeah yeah, you know like in the beginning the things that we'd pray about it's funny they're different but they're the same you know we're still praying about friendship connections we're still praying about confidence in their choices we're still praying that they advocate for themselves Mm. it's just the situations are different now yeah absolutely Um, but uh yeah, it's been wonderful and a blessing to not only pray for my mm. kids with other people, but to be able mm. to pray for these other children. Like I literally yeah, will see sure. them on the sports field or at school and I will feel like such a connection to them, even though they're like, mm, I love yeah. that. like, I don't really know you, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they know me, but, but not like in yeah, a way yeah, where I yeah. feel connected to them. But that's part of the thing of connection isn't it the storytelling the narrative of life and if you can understand somebody's story you can empathize with them greater and then you can love them more in and through things and I just think that's the way love grows we Mm -hmm. it's it's definitely parents have got to be careful about oversharing yeah because that's the what's that I think I don't know if it is in the U.S. diary but in the U.K. um not diary oh I can't think Journal? of a word when you put a, no when no. you put a word a dictionary dictionary, oh, dictionary. sorry <laughs> sorry sorry like, how did that leave my brain um just share the word sharenting went in the uh, dictionary uh last year or the year before because of parents over 
oversharing the information oh, on really? social media, on Instagram, on a picture. So yeah, sharing officially became a word. And it's so interesting because you, it, it's the, there's that balance, isn't it, of, of having some trusted friends that you can like share the highlights mm-hmm. and highlight reels and for prayer or for consideration. Mm-hmm. But there is that like, you know, balance of, of knowing if I do this now, is this going to potentially put more distance between me and and yeah. my kids if they did find out or if it was you know discovered later in life yeah I think yeah. it's all going to be an interesting thing for us to look back on when this generation of parents mm. that have been popping loads of things on um, Instagram or Facebook mm-hmm. or social media constantly about their children mm-hmm. what happens when that generation of children grows up I think there's going to be some interesting conversations <laughs> oh definitely I know yeah. that um I've shared a few things on social media and I I, I you know I feel like I've done a decent job of protecting their, you know, their, whatever it is that they're not, they don't want to share, but I have so many kids that follow me on social media because when they started getting Instagram, they started following anybody and everybody. Right. So I have that follow me that really aren't, I don't think they're interested in what I'm talking about. Right. Cause they're not, they don't have families. They're, they're not looking to learn about family culture, but they'll read things about my, my kids. And then they'll they'll like, they'll end up talking about them at the lunch table. And I think my kids have gotten used to it now, but yeah. it's just, it's so interesting when you hear that like an 11 year old boy read my post yeah. about being a try hard, you know, this name that they call kids when they what, do a good job. I, right. Okay. I don't understand this, but it's like, it's supposedly a uh, criticism. Right. Okay. For people that are trying to like trying hard. Right. Everybody yeah, wants to okay. just be mediocre and just pretend yeah. they're not really working really hard. What's that about? <laughs> I have no idea. So I wrote about it. And next thing you know, they're like, oh, Aaron, you told your mom. <laughs> He's 11. Why is he know, doing right? my Instagram? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But you might be one of the nicest adults he's ever met. Right. You might be like one of the nicest the, the way that you come across on your social media is so life-giving and family. I mean, it's that balance, isn't it, of Matthew 5, Jesus talks about living an open life. Because mm-hmm. if we live that, we're, we're here to be salt and light, to bring yeah. out the God flavors of the earth, the God colors of the earth. And so we're supposed to shine and we shine because we reflect back to, reflect up to, and back to heaven. Mm-hmm. And so you, it's that fine line of that, of living an open family life because you yeah. want people to see the goodness of God. You want to see the life-giving aspect of being a believer. You want to see the victorious life that you can live. But then understanding that on the other end, you could be, you know, imposing things. Oh, I'm just not sure I fully got it right. I'm like you. I think think if I look back and I'm like you, I check with my kids. And Mm -hmm. I don't think it's wrong to share your family life. I think it's absolutely Mm -hmm. good and healthy to share that. But I do think it needs a discussion. I think as a family, you need to know, don't you, what what's okay and yeah. what's all right within your, your family culture. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We are the first generation to really deal mm. with that in a way. Yeah. Definitely. No, we're not. Cause I think we're the, we're the parents and the kids are both on social media yeah. together. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Very different. And my, yeah, I, I would, I would imagine cause my daughter who's now 12 and 13, mm-hmm. she's much less interested in posting content and, and much more interested in, um, connecting with her friends, actually mm-hmm. like, you know, videoing them or speaking mm-hmm. to them like that. Yep. So yep. she doesn't even like potentially look at most of her, what her friends post. A lot of her friends don't. And mm-hmm. I wonder if there will be a wave of that where, where, you know, I know for me, I gosh, I loved it when it arrived. It made me feel connected to so many yeah. other people. And 
I think probably there'll be different things that come from each generation, but I mostly love social media. I'm, yeah. I'm, an, I'm a lover. I'm a tick. I'm a tech yeah. person as well. I know some people are, but I do love it. Yeah. I wouldn't have met you otherwise. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about connection within the yeah. family and how important it is to building family culture. So why do you think it's so important? Um, I think because as a family unit, yeah, we, when we ask me this question, just pondering on it a little bit. As a family unit, the goal is to stay, isn't it? To stay connected, to stay um, not in each other's pockets, but to stay in um, sync with each other, to stay in stride with each other. To Because what you have, you want to pass on to the next generations. They take with them skills or they take with them, um, you know, confidence or courage or life or moments. And so to stay to stay in connection is vital in building family culture so it replicates itself in time. I mean, the stories of families where grandma made this and, and now we make it, you know, recipes mm-hmm. that get passed down. And mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. attributes of family attributes, certain families are known for certain attributes, aren't they? Oh, that family's like this, they're all sporty or, or they're really outdoory or, you know, yeah. all of that side of it. But I think if you maintain the connection, especially when it comes to faith, it's how you keep your faith alive. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you stay connected with them one-to-one and you're able to model Christ-like behaviors or godly values, the things that actually really set Christianity apart, the reason why we do it, it's not, I love church, I'm a church pastor, but it's not, <laughs> that's not Christianity. Mm-hmm. Those things are the trimmings that go with it. Actually, it's the, re, the who we follow and, and model his behaviors and the mm-hmm. attributes that are Christ-like. This man that, really changed everything changed the world for forever um mm-hmm. around that and so i think staying connected helps us to build those values into our families as well um yeah i think i think our family we've gone through many many phases for sure in terms of that being connected when they were little i worked i think probably at more hours than i would have liked to at the time you know life's just busy isn't it and we needed the extra income at times and I worked long hours and I struggled to maintain it, but I really, really wanted to stay connected to my kids. So I adapted and amended my diary and my husband's diary so that there were, was always those points at which daily we were able to meet, have eye to eye contact, mm. understand, get to know each other, value each other's opinions, value each other's needs, value um, things that are the styles of learning, all of those little nuances within each individual. Actually, I find that some people I think might find that a bit tiring, but I just found it a lovely, lovely thing to discover and uncover mm-hmm. about my children and about the complexities of how each one of them related to each other and how they relate to us. Each of my kids relates differently to my husband. My husband relates differently to me. And when there's three of us together, we relate differently when there's the five of us together. Do you not find mm. that each, oh, each one? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so you can either think, oh gosh, I'm, it's too complicated. I'm going to ignore this. I'm not going to bother with trying to connect. Or you can use it as like a little bit of a puzzle to solve, mm, you know, like and, and you know, you know, like a, Oh, we're going to fit this together because we are one whole. We are a unit. It's, it's how God designed you to be. He gave you those children, mm-hmm. gave you that relationship and that family to build. And I'm like, yeah, why not? Like, I suppose discover the, those little nuances that make you you. Yeah. yeah, make you you. It sounds like a cliche, but I don't know. I feel like it's a simple, simpler way for me. It was much easier when I began to look at my family like that. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I um, I love puzzles. Like growing up, we did um, like treasure hunts to get our presents yeah. at Christmas. And I love solving and putting stuff like that together. And so mm. that's a great way to think of it because I think oftentimes we just assume that proximity is going to be the glue mm. that keeps us connected. But I, there's, yeah. there's way more that goes into keeping us connected than that. Absolutely. Um, and so you recently wrote a blog post about that. So I'd love for you to share with us the three ways that we can intentionally connect with our kids instead of waiting for it to just happen. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the, the first one that I would always talk about is positive physical touch. It's easy when they're little, right, isn't it? To mm-hmm. scoop them up and put them on your lap and um, put them on your lap, read a story, or you can do things in the bath and you can pour water on them or you mm-hmm. can bounce on the trampoline. But I think as, I think as, your children get older, you have to continue to find positive ways, you know, just to have positive, have that feeling of like human connection. Mm-hmm. You will find, I don't, I don't know if you find for your children, my kids leave, they go early to school and they walk on their own to school because mm-hmm. of where we live. They're in school and they might be in a classroom with somebody, but at once they're teenagers, they very rarely actually have any physical contact with anybody. If it yeah. is, it's to rough them up or, you know, <laughs> a, you know, a punch for the first of the month or whatever yeah, it is that yeah. kids do. And then they come home and if you're working, they're on long periods of time on their own with a device or in their room on a computer or even mm-hmm. reading a book, whatever it is. Before you know it, the day's ended and a child could go all day without any positive physical touch. And, yeah. you know, and I don't know if you... It's just so good for you. It's such a good mm. thing for a human being. Now, what am I saying? That we scoop our teenagers up and put them on the lap? No, <laughs> <laughs> that's not good. But you could certainly still be playing football or, well, you would call it soccer, right? We would mm-hmm. call it, or like basketball or get on the trampoline with them and grab them by the hand. Or you could be, you know, encouraging your, if you've got daughters or even sons to be doing hair or hand massage or nails mm. or just things that your mm. child likes to do. but just stay physically connected um, to that. Actually, I've got a um, great quote here. It says, in recent years, a wave of studies has documented some incredible emotional and physical health benefits that come from touch. The research is suggesting that touch is truly fundamental to human connection, bonding, and health. That's a guy called Ray Williams. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would see that. It's, it's, it's harder, especially when you, you've got your teenagers later on who are thinking, yeah, this is weird. Why, why does mum want to do that? Why does dad want to do that? But I just think there are ways you can do it that's not, that's positive, that's like thought through, that is allowing them to sense that connection. Mm-hmm. That's my first. What, what about you? How do you do? Have you got a way of doing physical touch with your kids positively? Well, I remember when... Um my 12 year old started to get too big. We used to have these things called uppy hugs. Like he would jump up into my arms and I would pick him up and and he would give me a hug and then we just like snuggle. And like, we were joking around the other day. I'm like, all right, let's see if we could do it. I can't (laughs) even hold, I can't even hold him. I mean, I can hold him, but he can't, it it doesn't work anymore. And I think that, um, you know, once he started getting too big for that, I realized, oh my gosh, like I need to figure out a way to replace Mm connection that we have other physical ways and having a 15 year old I also also saw her go through a stage where she was physically pulling back like not Mm, in a mm. in a sort of rebellious way or anything um but and I thought oh well let me let me give her some space but then I was like Mm. no no I'm gonna keep going up Mm. and touching her back as I walk by or like make sure I still go in and give her a kiss even if it's on the head every evening yeah yeah knows to expect it and um yeah, I, I think that being intentional with them, mm. 
and not just like, again, waiting for it to just happen. Mm. I've been really mindful of that. And so, mm. um, you know, there's still times when they, or, you know, one of the things we like to do is I, you know, I say, if, well, you guys reading your book, like before bed, like whoever I haven't felt like I've connected mm. with, yeah. you know, are you going to read tonight? Cause I'm going to read my book. Why don't you come in my bed and we'll just read together. Yeah. I mean, great we're idea. Not, we're not snuggling. We're not, but we're sitting cool. side by side. Exactly. Yeah. She's yeah. Reading her book. I'm reading mine. Um, you know, sometimes I'll like nudge her, tell her to move over, yeah. or, you know, <clears throat> pull the cover yeah, yeah. from her, but just sort of being in yeah, that yeah. close proximity and that nearness to Absolutely. Water, um, Yeah, good for I her. think it's vital. I do, I think it's good for you and I think it's good for us as well. I don't know about you, but when my kids ke- became older, I like hadn't realized how important it was to me as well to maintain connection with them mm-hmm. in that way. When they're little and you're constantly able to find some way to grab their hand or mm-hmm. cuddle them or give them a kiss. And it's all, it's all part of that yeah. process of parenting. So yeah, I really missed it. I did. I really missed yeah. it. But then that balance of again, finding out what's positive and what was just, no, that's not all right, mum. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> had some moments when it was like, yeah, no, no, not going to do that again. But you know, just persevering. And because if your yeah. goal is to connect, you'll remove as many obstacles as possible. Mm-hmm. If you go in with only your needs, wanting your needs to be met as the parent or as the adult, you're going to push the children further away. The point is, is that you, you become, you meet in the middle, don't you? You say, yeah. I'll come this close and, and you come, you come to me as well. And if you continually make space for it to be normal that these things adjust and adapt you'll keep removing obstacles just pushing them out of the way one at a time well yeah we're not going to be awkward around each other I'm going to push that out of the way I'm not going to be offended if you all of a sudden shrug your shoulders when I come to kiss you I'm not going to let that bother me I'm not going to take offense at that I'm going to push that out of the way because that's an obstacle and if you choose to be embarrassed at the school gates I'm not going to make that difficult for you I'm going to push that obstacle out of the way I'm going to respect your boundaries but day in day out I'm going to find some way of being positive towards you and continuing to maintain a consistent attitude mm-hmm. my oldest child is very um even when he's a baby he didn't really like to be he's not at all motivated by physical touch well mm-hmm. not not at all but it's, it's from a few days old he would much prefer to have been laid on a blanket playing than being the arms of a parent so mm-hmm. we kind of got used to that but we've maintained this and now as an adult he will come to offer me a hug because he knows I need it. So he isn't able to go, I'm going to meet you in the middle, mum, because I see it's really important to you. Yeah. And, and so we've got now that a back and forth, a relationship that has been spatial, but a relationship that is connected. I, yeah, I found that very, very special because you go, I don't know if you feel the same. Some foundations you put in when they were little, you're like, oh, thank God that worked. Yeah. Yeah. When they were older, you're like, <laughs> Oh yeah, feeling yeah. that would work, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then when it does work, you're like, "Yay, go me!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I've but seen yeah. that happen with my oldest yeah. too. Like she'll, if she'll, she sees I'm stressed out, she'll come over and she hugs me. And you know what? The interesting thing is, it means so much more to me because mm. I know that we don't do it as often as we used to. Mm. You know, so when yeah. she does it, when she yeah. makes that move, I know that mm. she's really caring for me, and I, I so mm. appreciate it. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you can show them then you can show them appreciation without it being, you can express, articulate, you need that they need to meet, have their needs met and that we need to have our needs met, but it's not, I'm needy and I need you to meet mm-hmm. my needs, but it's yeah. okay to articulate. I have needs as a parent yeah. and I would love you to join in that. You know, it's an, it's an invitation, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. So second, I suppose, um, for me, I think has been key in staying connected is just 
continuing to make time for them at all stages mm-hmm. of life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that this is probably the one that I take the deep breath with the most because I am love to be busy. I've had busy jobs, both me and my husband, and often our kids have busy lives, but maintaining that time is um, to, to just focus on knowing them individually. I think there's nothing more powerful than being known by somebody really yeah. understood and allowed to articulate themselves and the time to finish a sentence without judgment the time mm. to be able to articulate sometimes you're biting your fist because you're like oh I don't necessarily <laughs> think like that but it's like mm, how interesting I said, said that so, so many times oh how interesting that you think like that mm, yes wonderful <laughs> But you know that that safe place just to say outrageous things sometimes or that safe place to be themselves at home. And then mm-hmm. you allow sometimes the, the family dinner time to um, shape, again, culture or thinking or you begin to modify by, by your approach. But then you're able to go, because I've created space for you, it gives you more of a right to be able to go, do you know, I think maybe, maybe you could think down this right. Have you thought about looking at it from this angle? Mm-hmm. You know, the word teaches this. Have you thought about listening to this podcast or reading this book? Or maybe this quote might help you. Or maybe follow this person on Instagram because I, I think you might find their viewpoint um, helpful or useful in you articulating what you're feeling. In school, they're taught to, um, they're taught to like, really um hard facts a lot of the time they're not actually given time to really fully explore what they think and feel so in the home i think it's absolutely vital to give them room to breathe um instead of like you know being desperate to um teach always teach them a lesson allowing them the lesson to Mm -hmm. to teach them themselves you know most of what i've learned is from when I've said something, I've seen the effect of it on somebody else. Or when I've said something out loud, I realize, oh, that, that thought really didn't match up with what I actually feel. I've been thinking it and I say it out loud and you go, that's not the truth. Yeah. That's not what I really feel. And um, not backing them into a corner. So yeah, observe, watch what lights their eyes, watch what sets them on fire, mm-hmm. engage in topics. There's so many times I've researched things just, just to be interested in the things they're interested in. <laughs> You know, I'm like, so many... Google. <laughs> honestly, thank God for Google. <laughs> or like this, this meme culture. I'm like, I understand hardly any of them. So they send me these memes and I'm like, I have to Google. What does this meme mean? Does it, like be in on the joke. <laughs> this meme was about a meme that was about a meme that was about mm. another meme. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, I'm, I'm really desperately trying hard to catch up. But at least I'm just trying to be interested and, yeah. you know, what music they're listening to and throwing them ideas and trying to get involved in a discussion and be a part of it. And I think just sensitive to that, allowing space to breathe, allowing them to talk, allowing us to grow and that simple but effective tools of communication and Mm -hmm. um, the, the, yeah, the growth of that. Um, But it takes space and it takes time to do that. I think listening is is the key to um, having the right to be heard. Yeah. I think often when Mm -hmm. they get older, we start to want to, cram everything we can into these mm. last couple of years that they're under our roof mm. and we want to like dictate to them what they think and what they should, you know, how mm. they should feel about things and listening to what they have to say really um, mm. gives you credibility because they're yeah, like, definitely. wow, I'm heard. And yeah, now mm. I want to hear what they have to say. Um, but it can be it's, difficult. It, yeah. Mm. It's heartbreaking to me at the minute that young people are having to live their lives in lots of ways on social media, like, and, 
um, there's a rise in spam accounts where mm. young people are creating dual accounts. One account is because that's what they think people want to see. Yeah. And the second account is because that's what they really want to be. Yeah. You know, that's the goofy at home, still a kid posting silly pictures of themselves, not having to pout, not having to shape themselves or take photographs, put the perfect feed together. And, you know, that challenge for, is this going to get likes? Mm. You know, creating those two accounts, we can't afford, I don't think, if we want to raise healthy human adults to even at home for them to feel like they have to create, they have to live two separate lives. Yeah. They can't be themselves and they can't explore that. And not being afraid of big questions and especially big questions about faith, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes yeah. as Christian families, it's like, oh my gosh, they might be questioning their faith. Well, I just think all those questions are great because they can lead them back to truth and they can lead them back yeah. to what the word says. And, and that's a great opportunity for you to point them back to, yeah, that's a really good, interesting point. But did you know that this man, Jesus, this is, he was, you know, the biggest justice bringer. He was the biggest mm -hmm. liberator of people. You know, all the things that young people are interested in, they're interested yeah. in, you know, um, can I be a part of something that's bigger than myself? Absolutely. It's a Jesus movement. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Giving them something to really be courageous about. I, 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 I yeah, I'm sad that, that people are having, well, I don't think it's just young people, but mm -hmm. if we're talking about family culture and children and helping them be courageous to stay connected not and not forcing them to feel like they have to live um a separate life jesus warned us against it he said don't be like the pharisees who stand on the street corner and pray all these fancy prayers um be humble go off by yourself and you know kneel and be quiet and what your father hears in secret i think as families we have to be really careful we don't set our children up to want to perform in the home they mm. should be allowed to have big questions have challenges and it be a safe place to explore it and for us to then be able to coach them, I think you used that earlier on. You talked about the kind of parenting is you now mm -hmm. is you're having to be a coach much more than, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And do you have a third one? Or are they mixed I do. Yeah. Sorry, I was just, I was, I was that was really so good. I'm like, I was like, oh, that's, that's What like, else do you got? Yeah. <laughs> uh, three, my third one would be um, about being present. So not just not just being around mm -hmm. and not just being there to be taxis, you know, or to be like, you know, I'm dropping you here. I'm dropping you there. I'm making sure you get homework done. I'm making sure you're at every single club. I'm going to make sure your forms are filled in. Mm -hmm. um, or even when they're little, you know, just doing the functional things, bath time, bedtime, read a story, just making sure you're not just nodding and, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. You know the story, mum, 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 mum. Can you watch yeah. me? Mum, 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 mum. Can you, can you read this for me? Mum, 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 mum. And it's like, oh, yeah, I have to be able to, if it's for me, the phone, switch it off, put it in another room. If it's even if it's a book or a magazine or a TV program, or even if it's just the busyness, this addicted to busy that so many of us are. And I have been there. So I am not judging anybody. I have been yeah. in that where it is. There's so much stuff to do. Tick, 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 do, be, do, be. And all of that, I think just pausing be mindful of the situations that you're in and giving your full attention and being present actively listening um i think that's so so when you get their attention you can respond really appropriately then and really thoughtfully for each child and each child differently um so many times 
um, teenagers, they just want you to be a sounding board, but they do not want, they want you to be present and they're so astute. They know when you're not present mm-hmm. and little kids know it as well. They know when you're not watching oh, yeah. them or listening to them, don't they? I mean, you can't give them 24 mm-hmm. seven. That's, that's, that's not the point. The point is, is that you are able to be present for them. Um, as much as, as, as much as is, I suppose, appropriate for your family. Um, and I think, yeah, I would, I would say that's the best piece of advice that I was ever given was just to slow down and go, Hey, listen, you have a lifetime. Your kids are going to be growing. I'm 44 now and my kids are all growing up. I've still hopefully at least, at least 40 more years of like active life ahead of me, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's like, I think, you know, to be able to slow down and know, yeah, you might feel that there's something bursting on the inside of you. You might feel all these dreams and these plans. And actually, you might find that it's your time to do that. But for many of us, we find that when we're in that middle of that parent journey, it's our time to slow down and just allow that and and give them that time because you can't get it back. You can't, can you? Yeah. You can't go back to that. And um, so it's like, yeah. Um, eye contact is is so important eye contact is like massively be able to if you've got a small child you're kneeling down and you're getting to look at them when they're slightly older being able to get them to focus and because when you look somebody in the eye it's very personal isn't it it says i i'm i'm aware of you i'm listening to you i'm here for you um i'm a safe place they can see they can see so much in your eyes they can see um, they can see the compassion and the love and the moment in that. And that can be, yeah, it can just be a handful of moments a day. It doesn't have to be for hours. But if you have a couple of just really present moments with them, I just think it's invaluable for connecting yeah. with them long term. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, been times when I'm in the middle of doing something, whether it's on my phone or checking emails, whatever it is, and my son will try to talk to me or anyone really, but more so my son. And um, I, I say, just wait a minute. I'm tr- I need to finish this up because I'm in the middle of doing something, but I want to give you my full attention and I can't do that until I'm done. Yeah. And yeah. I will finish it up and then I will put it down and I will turn yeah. and like look at them um, yeah. because it is, it, it gets easy to want to multitask. Yeah. want to like hear yeah, what yeah. they're saying, take care of them, finish what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make them feel valued. It doesn't make them feel heard. And um, they know. No, cause you, cause you know how it feels when somebody does that to you, mm-hmm. you know, it just doesn't, does it? And, mm-hmm. and you're right, you do, that's so, so helpful to say that I would do the same sort of thing. Hey, listen, I, if you just wait five minutes, I can give you my full attention. Yeah. You can have a bit of me now, or we're just going to wait, and I'm going to give you my whole self just for that, to ask that question. It, that's brilliant, because that builds, like, respect, and, mm-hmm. and it builds, like, a, a really healthy confidence to be able to articulate mm-hmm. their needs as well, which once you build that, they're able to be going to be more connected with other people. If you can build in them the ability to articulate their needs mm-hmm. and um, be able to talk that through, they're going to be able to build really healthy relationships and connections with other people as well. And I suppose the goal is, is that when we've got them at home and, you know, maybe till 18, some of us are maybe a little bit longer for others, you get to keep them there. And the goal is, isn't it, to set them up for their future lives, to mm-hmm. give them the courage and the confidence to live a whole and healthy and um, good um, um, goodness filled life and, mm-hmm. and, and, and you get so many years to be able and I don't think there's ever a time when you can not start adding these things in if you're a family that have maybe not been doing that and going oh yeah I wish I'd started that there's never it's never too late to connect with somebody it's yeah. never too late to part, press that pause button 
and look somebody in the eyes and tell them how much you think about them or encourage them or give them courage, put courage in them for what they're about to go through or be. Mm -hmm. It's never too late. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I think too, part of it is, um, you know, what I mentioned earlier as, as a mom, I find that, um, sometimes everyone doesn't realize that what I'm doing is important too. And Mm -hmm. so when I, you know, and present with what I'm doing and then present with them, it's showing them, you know, what, what I'm doing matters too. Like, absolutely. I don't know if you felt this way. There's been seasons when I'm like, and the only reason I'm here is not yeah. to serve everybody and to make sure everyone Absolutely. has everything they need all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like you mm. left these dishes for me. You forgot your lunch again. Like I'm there yeah, every yeah. day, but then I also need them to know that, yeah. Hey, the work that mom does is important and I want to yes, do it well. Definitely. And so I'm going to set some boundaries on mm. our time together so that I yeah. can focus on both of them in a way that's excellent and, and mm. gives it my full attention. <clears throat> definitely because although you you want to serve your family of course you do and that's right and that's godly what mm-hmm. you want more is to be all to be a part of the family and for each other to serve each other mm-hmm. and if all you ever do is serve the needs of the family and you never teach them how to serve other people's needs and mm-hmm. um, you're not setting them up to have a, a really easy ride because when they get out of your family culture they're going to realize that actually not everybody is going to meet their needs they're going to have to be 50 50 and they're going to have to compromise mm-hmm. and they're going to have to develop that so really helpful mm-hmm. to suggest that that you know you take that time to um have them think about think about what mum's doing or think about what dad's doing or think about you know whoever the caregiver is mm-hmm. um teach them the value of of um shared life we're a busy family and busy families work together Mm-hmm. You know, this is part of who we are. This is part of what makes up our family culture is, but we're connected. Our aim is to push out all the obstacles and to stay as connected as possible. And some days we'll find that easier than others. But I think if the goal is to connect, you'll, you'll, there'll be certain things you don't say. There'll be certain things that you don't do. There'll be certain ways that you don't act. And um, that's why I reckon Jesus, well, so that's why the word talks about growing in the fruits of the spirit. Because they're all the things that gain connection. If you're patient, you're going to gain connection. If you're joyful, mm. who can resist a joyful person? Yeah. If you're self-controlled, it's so attractive. If you are you know, somebody with peace, you just want to be around them. All of those fruits that grow and the things that you leave behind mm. are, are goals for connection. If you ever get stuck, it's like, yeah, I just need a bit more joy in my life. Yeah, I just need a bit more self-control. Yeah, I just yeah. need a bit more peace. And all those attributes are so irresistible. People are going to want to be connected to you. So the goal is I become more like Christ because I add all of these things to my life daily. And the people around me uh, are going to find me a much easier person to live with. And I'm going to find it easier to connect with them. Mm-hmm. Sounds easy, doesn't it? Yeah, right. It's <laughs> <laughs> only ever that easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think we have a lot to work with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um. All right. So why don't you um, wrap up by telling us about the Busy Doing Good Club? Who it is or why did you create it and and what do we need to know about it? It's an an online, well, it's an Instagram resource. Um, I just found, I've met over the years um, in church life and just friends like yourself. I've met some amazing parents who are just busy doing good. They've got their ordinary lives from when they wake Mm -hmm. up to when they go to sleep and they're just rolling their sleeves up and they've got faith a faith in Jesus is the family foundation and they're just busy constantly doing good and I'm like wouldn't it be great if we could just get some of that wisdom all in one place and 
pop a little bit of joy on your Instagram feed. So it's a monthly, at the moment, it's just a monthly Instazine. It comes out as nine squares in one go, like a magazine, but on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And um, it's got a development at some point to be a website as well. But hey, listen, I'm a busy person. <laughs> You know, I do so we'll much. Yeah, but it started there, and it's fledgling, and um, yeah, it's been really great to pull together some of that um, believer's wisdom on how to do family in the 21st mm -hmm. century with Christ at the centre. And mm -hmm. so, it's for parents, and it's for family life, it's for grandparents, it's for single parents, it's for people that aren't parents that would just love to know how to add how family culture like you've been doing just fits into everyday ordinary life as well and it's a collective it's a club it's a gathering of people who are busy doing good mm -hmm. that's it it's it's a simple um simple tool to um share collective wisdom um from many many walks of life mm -hmm. um and but all is the center is that is that we're all jesus followers and we're all believers and that's 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 the, i suppose the source of it and outside of that it's just been really creative i've yeah. enjoyed it i yeah. really enjoyed it yeah i've been enjoyed great it too. we've had about 50 different people so far contribute so i've been able to connect with them behind the scenes and i'm like gosh this is just amazing all of these people um you know just in their everyday ordinary life raising families um going through the same challenges that we're all going through but i've just got a little bit of wisdom to add mm. in the pot you know yeah. it's like the the old days of we would have been talking to each other over the garden fences, but life's so busy. We don't tend to do that anymore. Yeah. Bumping into each other and, you know, and mums and dads bumping into each other. But, but often even churches are really busy on Sunday. You don't get to hang out. You've mm -hmm. often got a role or a function to perform, trying to be connecting with new people. You know, multiple services just, that they multiple you services <laughs> and you, Yeah, exactly. And you, one friend goes to one service, another friend goes yeah. to another service. And so, you know what, it's just a way of us, of, of those things that are passing those things down to one generation to another about, about family life and how to do it and hopefully how to do it well. So yeah, yeah that's what it's for. So you can find me over there. Busy doing good. Well, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank yeah. you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Honestly, you're doing such a good thing. I'm so grateful to have been asked. Thank you. You can find Claire at themumjourney.com. She's on Instagram as Claire Hooper and at busy underscore doing underscore good. And you can find The Mum Show on Instagram as well as at The Mum Show. All of this we'll link to in the show notes. Did you know each month we send out an email with tips, tools, and encouragement to help you build a thriving family culture? We know your inbox can get cluttered, so we promise to keep it simple and purposeful. If you'd like to get these emails, there's a link in the show notes to sign up for it. Becoming the family you were meant to be takes time and intention. Remember, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose. To learn more about the Family Culture Project, go to thefamilycultureproject.com.